Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. You know, I'm not really sure about society. I, I don't know about society. I am confused about society. I'm disappointed in society. I'm frustrated with society. Because society has changed. It's just so dang different. Here's the story. This is my personal update before we get to the news. And I, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit for some of this. I was stunned by some of it. But here's what's happening. So, of course, I've got my endeavors right. I signed the third paperwork. That's off and running. They're doing the process. So far, it's been what they told me. So I'm going to hold them on that. And as long as it does what I want them to do, 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 do then I'm good to go with the third one. In uh, two weeks' time, that would start. So we're trying to get that done. Meanwhile, the second one, right, I've been doing intermittent hours here and there. They're owing me some money. They were supposed to pay me today, did not show up, so I got to chew them out. I don't like doing that. It may sound like I do. I do not. But playing with my money is like playing with my emotions. So I've got to get on their back and try to get my pay <laughs> because, it ties to the next update, which is really the pinnacle, and this ties to cryptocurrency. So my first client, right? So I've been positioned now in kind of this architectural leadership role. Basically, the, the governance of the software that I deal with, all roads lead to me to push everything forward because everybody is kind of on my side, which is kind of cool. Not unexpected, not unusual, but now I got to step up even more. Again, I got to be the bar. I can't raise the bar. So this other guy that I was having issues with, he's really pissed off. But it's like, dude, if you, it's either step up or step aside. And in this case, you didn't step up because stuff didn't get done under your watch. Whereas I'm killing it every single time out. I had 20 things done, completed to his four. So there's levels to this, as we, what I, we like to say in the boxing business. So there's that, right? And then I'm still owed money from that first one. He's now said, okay, every two weeks I'll give you something, but I'm going to have to give him another invoice starting Monday and I haven't got paid for the first invoice. So now again, play with my money is like playing with my emotions. 
It's not that I'm desperate for the money. I just want to get paid when I want to get paid. So it's this tussle, right? Once the third one starts, money will have to flow because they're required to. But I can't know until I get in there whether it's going to last or not. Now, off to the side, right? With the money I do have, I said, you know what? I looked at, I've been watching Eat Jets. I did the interview with Nick Scott on our podcast some time ago. Check that out in the archives. A great conversation. Great guy and great things they were doing. And I was watching, supporting, cheering. And I see the great stuff they're doing. And they just, they did one thing that told me, all right, these guys are serious about this. And I'd love every cryptocurrency to stand up, take notice. I'm going to get into that along with our news updates. For now, let's go ahead and wrap this and go and switch over to that. All right, if you're not watching what's going on, the biggest news right now is that the Binance Smart Chain has put a halt. When I say the Binance Smart Chain, I'm referring to the actual blockchain. So the Binance Smart Chain, if you didn't know, is tied, of course, to the Binance Exchange. The Binance Smart Chain being halted is a significant deal. It's a big deal. You don't understand how big this is because so many cryptocurrencies are based on the Binance Smart Chain. And what this means is that there could be problems when you're transacting Binance Smart Chain tokens. Apparently, what happens is there was an exploit of some kind and they decided to go ahead and pause the blockchain due to investigation as exploit. The current estimate is well over $200 million dollars. It didn't seem to significantly affect the money. I mean, the uh, you know price of the token, but it's pretty bad because it's the Binance Smart Chain and this was not expected. This affects USD Tether. Apparently, the money that was drained out went to USD Tether. Of course, USD Tether is on the Binance Smart Chain. They've said that people's assets are safe and they were not harmed in this breach. However, the level of breach is really unusual. This is this is a one of the top tier blockchains. You don't expect this at all. So apparently they were able to get in front of it quickly enough to where the damage was really minimized, which is good. They said there were two massive withdrawals of 1 million, 1 million tokens each from a hub. They took the assets. They used cross-chain swaps, bridges. Bridges seem to be an, a popular assault vector, as in they'll use those to take money from people. So doesn't surprise me that that was their vector, but it's the biggest news going around. It came out of nowhere, very surprising, and I don't know what it means, but it, they may have to do something. And I've said before that the Binance Smart Chain is extremely risky for you as an investor. What is really your impact? It depends. If you're trying to do transactions on the Binance Smart Chain, you're probably not going to be able to do it until they free this up. If you're in some of the mining because many of the miners are predominantly Binance Smart Chain, you're probably going to get blocked. I saw something the other day that might have been related where I was trying to do a transaction and it kept saying, hey, this my wallet says, hey, if you do this, it's going to fail. I didn't know why. This was around, I think it was around Libero maybe. And then I was trying to do a transaction on Everrise and I saw some weird stuff, so it might be related. So possibly if you're doing transactions with the Binance Smart Chain, you might run into some brick walls. <laughs> And that might be why. I can't say 100%. I'm saying, based on what I see, this is what it is. As I talk, the number skyrocketed up to $590 million worth of BNB. And it was sent to a, a wallet that got blacklisted. 
apparently trying to intercept the money to get it back. So the number, the compromise amount is a lot larger than it was expected to be uh, from before. That's still an ongoing developing thing. So we may see a little bit more of that number go up, especially if they're using different wallets. I think the thing that mitigated some of it is, of course, the lockdown on Tornado Cash, which made it harder for them to cover their tracks. So at least there's something there. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. Doe Rugpull, a.k.a. Doe Kwan, the person who killed the business with Luna, Terra Luna, he's been ordered to hand over his passport by South Korean authorities. A different news update said that there was a question whether or not the whole red notice that I covered a little while ago was really legit, and whether there was a red notice, nobody could find it. Nobody has proven that there is one. However, it was reported that there is one. People speculate that they're either there's somebody putting out fake news or something else is going on where we... We just don't have proof of this. Well, this one's legit, confirmed. South Korean authorities have said, you need to hand over your freaking passport since you're trying to duck the smoke and on the run. You better hand over the darn thing. And they kind of snuck in there saying, if you don't do it, then we're going to we're going to have some problems here, brother. They then repeated the fact that Interpol had issued a red notice. So the fact that there was a notice issued is out there. It's not like it cannot now be proven the problem is nobody can actually see the red notice document by name but we see that these authorities keep mentioning there's a red notice so it's this weird thing the authorities claim that he violated the capital markets law by operating a ponzi fraud of course ponzi fraud is because it spun up new luna luna shiny the idea that you're enriching this group of people off of the money and off the backs of what is currently the luna classic folks that were left behind and the USDT folks that were left behind, in addition to all the people who had their currency staked into some of these services that used Luna as some of that liquidity or farming. So they're basically saying, by you spinning this up and ducking the smoke, it's kind of like a Ponzi because you're taking the money and running and going over here and doing this. Is there a case to be made? Possibly, because that's basically what happened. Keep watching that one. I do think at some point they're going to catch up with him. Again, it's funny. Because he's still active on Twitter. He'll chime every now and then talking about he's writing code and all this. And Twitter knows where he is. Twitter can absolutely find the dude if they and share with authorities. Say, here's where he is and here's the last IP. They have this. And VPN, people say VPN. Do, do, you can get around VPN. It's not hard to, to do that. The in, in South Korea, the prosecutors were able to freeze a lot of his assets in the exchanges. Here's the funny thing. We're talking millions of dollars of assets. He came out and said, eh, I don't use those. I don't know who they are, but they ain't mine. Hope they use it for good. Deep, deep. So in other words, <laughs> he's claiming this guy is kind of like this. Yeah. Catch me if you can. The movie. That's what he's doing. He's basically saying those are, that's not my money. That's sitting in those exchanges. I don't know whose money it is though. <laughs> with, with millions of dollars. So if he's saying this isn't his, right? If he's truly saying it's not his, we're talking millions of dollars, and he claims it's not his, if let's assume, let's assume it is his, that means he's got a crap ton of cash. That means he's got money all over the freaking place. And that he, it's like throwaway, that he's like wiping your ass with silk type money that he just, he doesn't even care about this, what to him is penny change. That means he's got a lot of money, and trust me, the authorities want every bit of that. And they're going to keep on doing it until they find it, too. The other large news about this, the European Union issued some a ban 
around cryptocurrency with some sanctions for Russia. Forces limiting transactions between Russia wallets and the EU service providers. Previously, it was just a, hey, we're going to cut this down, mitigate it. It's now a ban, straight up ban. Anything that is in wall in Russia is banned. Okay. <laughs> what The question I have is, well, what took you so dang long? Because I covered way back when this whole business of the war and, you know, whether Russia would try to accumulate cryptocurrency in order to fund the war. And they said, no, it's not going to happen. Deep, deep, deep. And I said, I'm pretty sure they could if they wanted to. And if you don't do something, that's probably what they're going to do. Fast forward, and all of a sudden, it's like, geez, we better lock this thing down. They're probably using it to fund the war. And I'm not anti or pro-war in this situation. I have no stake. I'm saying people in the United States government straight said they, Russia, are not going to use cryptocurrency to help fund a war. That's not what they're going to do. Russia goes and does exactly that. And then, of course, fast forward, and we're months later, they've already stacked bills and chilled, and then now we want to do this lockdown when they could have locked it down before, and they chose not to. Am I the only one that finds that a little bit sketchy? Because I think that's sketchy. I'm not accusing the U.S. government of anything. I find it funny that for whatever reason, they were in denial ducking when it was obvious that was exactly what they were going to do because it's easy. <laughs> it's not hard. Even this is not going to stop. It's not going to stop anything. At the end of the day, if they really want to continue doing it, there are creative ways to get around all of these blocks. If they try to do it by IP, the IP has nothing to do with the wallet directly. It's smoke. It's all smoke and mirrors. Zcash, which is another blockchain, has been clogged up. This was not an intentional block. This is somebody attacking it with a spam attack. A bunch of blockchain transactions, spam transactions, useless transactions have disrupted the network they're blocking the transactions basically with something built into Zcash's whole framework. So the way Zcash generally works, they built theirs on privacy. And the whole thing that this attack is trying to do is say, okay, cool, you got this mechanism to create shielded transactions. I'm going to go ahead and just use this dude, output tons and tons of values of shielded transactions to essentially gobble up the blockchain so it no longer can process. It's kind of like a denial of service attack in a way. <laughs> so you're using their own mechanism against them. Well, this means that ultimately they never built it to mitigate these kinds of attacks. And we don't know how long that's been there. Solana had something very similar happen in one of their many multitude attacks and they had to build a fix around it. And it looks like Zcash didn't learn from that business. Absolute jack up. I'm appalled. I'm truly appalled with this. I'll talk quickly about Luna Classic, and then I'll tell my story to wrap us up here today. So Luna Classic, if you notice, has been trending slightly downward. It is not at a crap out level, so it's just slightly downward. It's still in a waiver period. The volume is slightly lower than it normally is, and it's certainly way lower than the peak, which was like 500 billion. Um, it's way lower than that, but it's wavering. It's not like it's crapping out. What we're seeing is two things. Number one, the volume is lower. People are kind of tentative. They're kind of holding the line. I know that there's a number of people increasingly that have been staking their Luna Classic because it gives you the, re the rewards. And so at this point, it's kind of like this, it's kind of like this stacking bags without having to do it. There are a lot of people who are doing bots and the bots are the vast majority of the transactions right now. The bots, of course, do a form of arbitrage and they do a form of price manipulation. Let's be honest, that's what they do. So there's people doing that, and that's because the exchanges encourage you to do so. 
What also is happening, I believe, is that people are holding and hesitating to buy more until they know what's going to happen with it. And this came as a byproduct of some recent conversations coming out of Terror Rebels. One of those conversations circled around a proposal somebody had around spinning up another stable coin that's algorithmic, which made people nervous. There was another different proposal previously that talked about minting more Luna Classic that made people really pissed off. There's part of this proposal was to say UST holders get nothing that pissed people off. And that's what you got to understand about Luna Classic is that no matter what, somebody's going to be pissed off at the end of the day. Nobody's going to win. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. Everybody's going to be upset to some degree. That's what I mean. If you're a Luna Classic holder right now because it's wavering, because there's uncertainty, it's creating this sketchy sentiment. So that's frustrating you because you're holding, trying to figure out what's happening. If you're staked, obviously it's adding more Luna Classic, but then you're concerned, is this just a worthless asset? Then the level of inventory that we're talking about is so significant, nobody really knows, is the thing going to go back up or not? Are the burns going to matter? Is anything going to change? And nobody knows that answer either. With UST, they're even worse off than the Luna Classic. They're trading at about $0.03, cents, $0.04 cents from a peak of a stable coin, which should be a dollar. And many of them are just sitting waiting for the court case, which is ostensibly to get money back to try to get everything up and nobody knows what's going to happen. So this uncertainty and these proposals, as I say, everyone is going to be pissed off at some level and some degree. We're not going to get to the point where everybody's happy. And I think some people in the eco have the hopium. I give a video on YouTube and I said, manage your hopium about terror rebels. And the reason I did that video, go and check it out. That was a while ago. When the thing first started, I said, manage your hopium because even they said, we don't know if we can fix this thing. All we can say is that we're going to honor the proposals, work the code and try our best. I believe, and I'll say it, and I don't care if any of them are listening to me right now here on CryptoTalkRadio.net. I believe some of the shillers set a false impression in people's minds and created an unrealistic level of hopium in their minds about what was likely to happen with this business by telling them it was going to the moon, do, do, do. Here's the truth. It's likely to recover to a point. Let's be honest, though. The highest it could likely go in the short term is to a dollar, and that's extremely aggressive. There's a lot of perfect storm that must happen in order to get that high. Doesn't mean it's not going to be a valuable asset of some kind, because, again, you're still getting rewards if you have it staked. For other people that are day trading it, they may be making profit. There's arbitrage profit opportunities. So there's other ways to interact with the token. But let's be honest. It does not currently have significant utility. It does not, it does not currently have a mitigation, a strong mitigation for the excessive minting that occurred before. The supply is significantly high. Sentiment is significantly down. And then you have other garbage that spins up like Doge chain that takes people's attention. As I said, People tend to just jump to whatever the green candle is. There's a lot fighting against Luna Classic. Does not mean that I still don't believe that it's going to recover. I do believe that it will recover. Nobody really knows when. And all I said repeatedly was manage your hopium because we just don't know exactly what's going to happen with this business. And as I see it trading sideways and not really down, it's not really crapping. I'm still optimistic that at some point we are going to see some level of run. Even now, it still hasn't gone as far back down as its original entry point, which was way down there. And I want to stress, 
there were certain people who were of smart enough mind to buy in when it hit its bare bottom, which is three more zeros than where it's at. Guess what? All they had to do is toss a thousand dollars at that problem and they became millionaires overnight. That's not to say the same can happen again because we're already too far up in the market cap. However, I do see there's a path forward for it. And we have to see what people's sentiment is. Where are they going to shift their money? We also have to see what happens to Gary Gensler and the whole business. We have to see what happens to XRP and the whole business. The November blowout, if we happen, have it. There's a lot that's on the deck for Luna Classic. As of yet determined, what's going to happen for the future of it? I maintain a stance that it will recover at some point, just like with Bitcoin, just like with Ethereum. And oh, by the way, for the naysayers out there, my bet's still on there. If Ethereum goes beneath $900, I'll do live karaoke on YouTube. Mind you, it's not getting anywhere close to $1,000. You know why? Because I just don't believe it can do, but I'll leave the bet out there. And then somebody will come back and give my credit of calling this. This is what I see here. Now, here's the big one. Here's what you've been waiting for. I figured I'd do it as a close. My frustrating story, this just happened as I was going on the air because I was going to try to get it in and then use it as this yay story for you guys. And then it just, it was a popcorn fart. And I want to tell the story about how stupid the freaking society is. And the reason that I always talk about outside the crypto bubble, because my struggle is likely not unique to me. So here's what I was trying to do. Here's the problem I was trying to solve. I sat back. I said this in the intro. I sat back and I watched ETH Jets. And I had Nick Styles' show, and I great guy, great plan, great strategy, great answers, everything. This is truly somebody that believes that this is something that can happen and plans to make it happen, and they've got a good team behind it, and they're building a good community. I saw a win, and I wanted to watch and be supportive using my platform. So I have him on the show. We spread the word through the podcast. I spread the word through TikTok. I spread the word through Twitter. Spread the word through YouTube. So to get the word out, I'm proud to be one of the very first that he, I was able to interview him. And arguably, you know, I, I don't want to pat my own back, but I'm pretty sure my questions are better than any of the rest of them. Regardless, I do that and I'm supportive and I see this. And then I see that there was a Twitter Spaces recording. Okay, that's unique. I didn't hear it because I don't, I hate Twitter Spaces. It's garbage, just like Telescale. But this one's unique from eJets. I'm curious. It's an update. I want to know. Plus, I want to know what's happened with the app that they're going to be building for booking this. So I see the new site. The new site looks great. I'm very proud of the work they've done. And if you've heard me do coverage on these garbage projects, you've heard me repeatedly say, man, your site is crap or your white paper is crap or you just don't get it outside the bubble. This, their site is outside the crypto bubble. It speaks to a regular person who would book a flight and that's what you want in order to entice people. But then I noticed something at the bottom. And the moment I saw that, I was wanting to learn a bit more about it. They have these two new tiers and they're basically annual subscriptions. And it just basically, and it was obvious the moment I saw it. Okay, you created this because there are people who flat out ain't gonna do you NFTs, but you still want to let them get on board, but you priced it in a way to make it a disincentive to do that versus the NFT if they're willing to learn how to do it. Now, that's just gonna spur people who like the service. You can do it for one year as a trial and see how it works. And if you like it, you buy the NFT and then you don't have to worry, man, that is a brilliant move. I go to Twitter spaces and I hear the guy basically repeat the audio that I suspected, which is, yes, we did this because frankly, there are some people outside the crypto bubble. He didn't say my term, but you know, outside the crypto bubble who simply aren't going to do blockchain. They're not going to do NFTs. 
or it's grandma and whatever, and they want to get in, but they just want to get in and just pay and be done. That's why we created this. That's brilliant because it means that they took the freaking time to think about everybody else, not just those inside the crypto bubble. At that point, I was convinced, yes, it's time for me to buy a pass for jets because I now can trust them. I can trust their strategy. I can trust their mind. I can trust their planning. I can trust their development. I can trust their approach. I can trust their passion for this. Like they are not thinking like a crypto project at all. They're thinking like we are doing this service that so happens to use and benefit NFTs. They even called out the call. You know, people look at JPEGs and they're garbage and they don't understand the value of utility type NFTs and they wanted to do something different. Yes, absolutely. Not only is it decent art, it's not just garbage monkeys or garbage cats or garbage dogs or smoking, whatever, deers and all this crap. It is truly something that adds a utility. But beyond this, they still understand that people outside the bubble ain't going to do it. So you create something that lets everybody get on board. Like you could always use the service, but to create the subscription, right, gives them an end to benefit from the discounts, benefit from the community, benefit from everything without even having to care about cryptocurrency, that's killer. That's what I want from every crypto project that they all frankly suck at. So I'm committed. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and get my pass. It's time for me to get a pass. Ethereum's trending a little bit down. Let me go and get some some ETH and then add it to the deal. And I have to go to OpenSea. I think OpenSea's crap, but fine, I'll do it because I want to support the project. So I go into Coinbase and I'm going to go do an acquisition. I've done this multiple times, mind you, and in tons of amount of money. And I go to get my Ethereum and I put the amount in there and I say, all right, buy now. Declined. Well, no, that's not right. But I have a suspicion. My bank just said, hey, this is kind of large. Are you sure? And their little thing is kind of wonky. Okay, so I call the little number and it says, yes, we want to just verify some other transactions. I verify the transactions. All right, your car is good to use. All right, cool. Transaction again. Declined. Okay, that's not right because there's like thousands of dollars in this account. So I call it again. And it says, yeah, we just want to verify some transactions. Let me send you to a representative. And of course, at this point, it's three minutes before I have to go live. So I didn't get a chance to find out what the heck, trying not to swear and I messed up there. I'm trying not to, you know, I'm trying to get on the air here. I can't sit on the line with somebody out of India because I'm pretty sure out of India. Explain to me why the freaking car won't work when I know it should work. And I've done transactions in excess of this amount multiple times. And there should not be this block. And unfortunately, Coinbase doesn't tell you why it's declined. So now I'm in this rut. I can do it off a checking account, but then you can't transfer the funds. They're stuck in there for like five days or some crap. So my summary is this. I finally get to the point. I recognize, man, I what I saw is right on point. It's what I want. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to pull the trigger. And these guys are speaking outside the bubble. It's awesome. Only to be stopped by this garbage because I can't get Coinbase's deal to work, even though it worked before, through some block, they don't tell me what it's about and I cannot directly purchase it because OpenSea doesn't let you do a direct purchase, which is another stupid thing where they don't think outside the bubble. And trust me, anybody, and I'm technically savvy, anybody would be frustrated by this nonsense. So my summary is to say, kudos to ETH Jets for at least thinking about those people who are not going to do cryptocurrency and trust me, they're going to be a lot less patient than I am trying to just buy some cryptocurrency just to be able to attach it and send it to a wallet, just to be able to connect it to OpenSea, just to be able to buy an NFT and then hopefully keep track of it and keep it from being stolen. 
Kudos to Eat Jets and the team. This is my shout out to them and my suggestion to you to take a look again at Eat Jets if you didn't see my update when I did it and I interviewed them and my coverage. I do recommend you listen to that as well. And you check out their site. They're doing killer things. It's what cryptocurrency should strive to be. I don't think anybody else is even touching them. Even EverRise right now, EverRise is kind of stalled a little bit. Eat Jets is getting eyes on its prize. And I think that's impressive. And I'm proud of them for where they've come and the hard work they put in and not giving in to something that's a very tough market, that being NFTs, and creating something that is a standout product that really could be that next big thing. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.